Well, they say the two most inexperienced people on set are usually the PA and the director. I usually say that to lighten the mood so that people can take me a little less seriously. I always try to just serve my crew as much as I can. Back at King Studio with Zach, we had this whole joke where I have an alter ego. Like there's this goofy silly Dylan and then they literally call it director Dylan. Where nice. I literally dress nicer and like I'm just zoned in and they were saying I, you wouldn't even recognize me. I am not liable, but he may have taken one hit that was in the final cut. The final elbow from Sam when he spins hit Nate in the face and he stayed in character. And That's you know, some DiCaprio yeah, shit dude, right straight up, dude. One of my favorite quotes is the most personal is the most creative from uh, Martin Scorsese. Original content is just things that have never been done before and what's more original than your own personal experiences that no one else has ever gone through. That first week, it was like the second day I'd, I'd been here. One of the guys who I've been following on Instagram who I never met yet, Jace Hardwick, I was like, hey, I am in LA. What's up? And he's like, oh, you made it. Okay, sick. Like, because I would DM these guys all the time and be like, I'm going to move. Uh, bet on it and like they're like <laughs> sounds good man let's link and build yeah, yeah. and they're like oh say not follow me back and then <laughs> one note that i would give as a director too is and i've gotten this before is whenever i do give those notes like performance-based notes i'll always walk up to the talent and just make it personal between us like i'm not i'm not going to be like yelling in front of the whole crew like oh hey that can you like do that but like more energy or like better take was trash yeah <laughs> Dorothy, yeah, it was, was hired this guy yeah, yeah. it was usable let's run it back Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 87 of the 505 podcast. Today, we got a very special guest. We got Dylan Bradshaw in the building. He's a director, commercial director. He does short form stuff. The guy really does it all. He's amazing. And I'm really hyped because I think that through the audio, you're just going to hear his energy is infectious. He's one of those people that you just want to be around and I think you gravitate towards. And that is exactly how he makes all these A-list celebrities feel, how he makes social media stars feel. And he really does bring, uh, he brings it all to the table. Yeah. I mean, he's worked with Charlie. Charlie D'Amelio, Emma Chamberlain, he did like CRV spots over in fucking Times Square and like China and stuff, which is, it's hard to get it out there, you know, hard to make it translate out there. So, you know, he's a good director. I personally was just watching, like I was watching him talk and I was listening. I kept like having to remind myself that like, I'm also in this conversation because he's just so well-spoken. I just like want to hear the crap he was going to say, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I just feel like I was getting advice. So I feel like everyone else probably, you know, will too. I like wanted to learn from him. One of my favorite pieces of our conversation was him talking about like him being in a dark space in 2020, mm. him listening to a podcast, hearing something and then taking actionable steps and changing his complete life around to a point where he said he hated his life. And then a year later, he was talking to his mom being like, I've never been happier. And just hearing that story and hearing how he was able to take those actionable steps, because I think a lot of people oftentimes like sulk you know, and be like, ah, this is just my life. But the way he's been able to manifest all these crazy opportunities is super inspiring. It's amazing. And I think you guys are going to love this one. Also, dude, I just got back from the land of Oregon. Uh, nice. Ducks by 90, beat USC. It's just classic. It's what we do. Yep. You know, and we're going to come and do that to you guys in a few, nope. in the next year. It's uh, a Wisco. <laughs> uh, but Kian and I went and spoke to my alma mater. Nice. It, full circle, dude. Full circle moment. We got to speak to the Go Ducks interns. It was it was amazing. And I, I hope that in these next, we'll release this, all this uh, in a little movie that me and Keon are working on. I'm sure. Uh, but you know, we use the whole time. 
What did you guys Lexar use? cards. Just nice, ripping, dude. dude. Whole weekend, Lexar cards. And we even had rocks. We had a rock in the airport. We saw a rock in the airport. It was so dope. And He was shooting on Lexar too, it, I bet. Obviously, I, uh-huh. gave, I gave him one. Well, for he's, the not road. A, he's not a rock if he doesn't shoot on yeah, Lexar. Yeah, no. exactly. Uh, it was just so fun, though. So fun to be back at the canvas. I saw some old professors that I remember. Yeah. A professor that is helping me currently like with doing this show with the things that he taught me. And it was just very full circle to be back in the land of Oregon. You shoot anything on Lexar recently? I did. And before we get into that, I just wanted to ask you, were you nervous at all? Like going into your speech? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I was I was so because it it felt so full circle of like I in my head, if you make money as a creative, you were you've made it. That's how that's how I look at it. Right. That's your job. That's how I look at it. I've I've been I've made it for a long time. You know, I've done I've made I've made money as a creative. But going back to that, some it was like felt some sort of like validation of like you're doing this thing and like we know you're doing this thing. And like the thing that you were wanting to do when you were in that position. Oh, I wanted I wanted to do it so bad. I wanted to speak at that I want to come back to that school and like talk to a group of people. And I was like, man, this is awesome. And then dude, there were rocks. They were rocks. It was so cool. And some of them listened to us. And, yeah. and I was like, this is just, uh, this is a beautiful thing to be around these super talented people. Dude, they're crazy talented. Oh, yeah, the kids below us are nuts. It's ridiculous. I'm looking at their work. I'm like, you guys are 27 times further ahead than I was. And it's it's inspiring to me to see this next generation of filmmakers, uh, to know they're fired up about it, to know they love what they do. And right. they're going to actually continue to move it forward. You know, oh, yeah. I loved it. When I went to Wisconsin, I believe it was like around this time last year, I was still touring with Loud Luxury. It was also a very full circle moment because I had the similar thing of like, I remember graduating college and not really knowing what I wanted to do. And then the first time I had come back was for a show that I was shooting with like this DJ duo of like, I didn't ever think I was gonna like tour and here I am doing it. It's just a really, really dope feeling. Were you shooting those shows on Lexar? You know, back in the day, I was not shooting on Lexar. And that's, and that's when he was a and, small little but pebble, that's, that's, you know? Yeah. And I actually think it's crazy because like I, I think that the card like formatted by accident and it, it, was, it was fucked yeah. up because I wasn't shooting See? on Lexar. Exactly. But you went to the land, dude. You, you posted a good set. Good set this weekend. Yeah, dude. I've posted good sets from like two weekends in a row. <laughs> He's feeling good about his sets. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pat myself on the back. Um, this was actually really interesting. So Danilo, shout out Danilo. He works with Kurza. And I've always wanted to shoot with Kurza because they kind of have like the EDM scene, photo, video, recap stuff like on locks and they do like the full festival. It's not like they're just working with one artist. They're like working with the full festival to create all the creatives. So he hit me up and he's like, yo, you free? And I was like, you know what? Like I haven't really shot a full festival before. It was this uh, festival called Disco Trip in LA. I didn't really know much like going into it, but I was like, you know what? I'm free, let's do it. This was the first time that I had shot a full festival um, instead of just shooting one artist. So I was shooting from two to 11, long day. Mm, and you, storage. Yeah, that's a long day. a lot of storage. You need a card that's reliable that mm. long of a day. I mean, I think I shot like four or 5,000 photos throughout the whole day and like, the Lexar cards, they held up. And um, it was also really fun because it was disco music. So it was just, everyone was like literally in in like 70s clothes and yeah. just rocking. And the music was great. So that was super fun. And then the week prior, I went to Yosemite for the first time with my girlfriend. And I'd never been, really wanted to shoot fall foliage. Um, and I went out there and Chase, I mean, 
you've been yeah, it's awesome you haven't dude. been right you no, gotta I've get been. out there yeah, you so have? yeah i've been to yosemite actually yeah oh uh multiple times like seven times <laughs> i feel like he's lying the whole yeah, time definitely yes. hasn't been been but like you seven. posted a cool video some locked off shots i really yes. dug so shot on lexar that yeah shot on shot on lexar and shout out lexar nice but tried something different like this past weekend did the concert stuff, which I was used to. Last weekend shot nature, which I'm not very used to, um, and tried something different. Like I love doing the photos, but I tried making a video in a different kind of style, just all locked off shots. And I was like, this is really fun. But I say that to say one weekend I'm doing landscapes, the next weekend I'm doing concerts, the whole time I'm shooting on Lexar. Bang. Come on. Cop- and, you, and you can get yours in the description with a link. Copy yeah. it down below, baby. Helps the boys out more than you think. And ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's get into episode 87. Come on. <laughs> God, I hope he picks up. Yo. So what do you want? Hey, did you call? You called, right? Did I call? Yeah, hey, but I can't talk right now, dude. I'm on a podcast. I got, I got to roll. Are you Are you currently on the podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, uh, rolling a, a podcast with the bros right now. I can't talk. <laughs> I meant yeah. Shout out for the FaceTime. Oh, yeah. 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 Dude, Those quick pickup. Yeah, really yeah. instantaneous. He's, never he's picked, a good roommate. He's I've yeah. never Safety picked up a phone being. that fast. Shout out Sam Newton, dude. Get some Lutz. <laughs> I'm so in trouble. Get yeah, hey, buy it. Sam Newton's Lutz. They're, They're actually great. fire. Then use yeah. them every day. I use them. I use them to yeah. literally color literally this good. podcast. Yeah. So oh, I, I want you to start off with this one-handed crack. You got big shoes to fill. Uh, I believe a three-two. You said was Sam's score. Three point two. Three point two. He's got it down. I think you got that. Let me let me see what you got. Here we go. Nope. Oh, that was that the was audio nice. I can really see it, but okay. the audio is you, oh, it is you were really. D- let me spin it for me. Did you slurp it. Uh, you're, oh. just, you're blocking the whole can. Oh, you're shoot. blocking the whole can. Here we go. Yeah, you did oh, well. No, oh, that was no, you. No, that, that wasn't me. That was it doesn't me. Doesn't matter um, either way. You know, you were kind of playing. You were kind of doing a little was, bit of I that. I like the foreplay. Yeah, a little good. bit of foreplay with the with the lid. But I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna pop out at seven point two. <laughs> oh, let's go, dude. Well done. And it sounded fantastic. It sounded yeah, good. Yeah, and good there was cannon. no there was no dents, which was the big the big wow, thing right, for the program. That's how we do it. I'm not gonna lie. I was fully prepared to just spill that everywhere. I was not. I didn't practice at all. No, you did fantastic. I'm surprised we haven't had a spill. Like quite yet like the whole thing better knock on wood we that, i wish you didn't tell me that because i would have been even more nervous sam like, said, oh in the first one <laughs> sam said he was up all night in his room and all he heard was pop 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 yeah. so <laughs> yeah. did you get a bunch of cans yes. to practice uh, uh, no of course not i was just <laughs> playing my paintball game <laughs> <laughs> he's giving himself ratings like uh, five four nice yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> throw it at the wall yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I was like, I might shotgun this instead, just to impress them. <laughs> that could be cool. Yeah, someone might wow us if they if they did that. But I feel like what happened is when you went to pour it out, it, there would definitely be liquid in there. If some, oh yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Surprise everyone! You're like, mm. why do we ask this kid to be on this? <laughs> also, if you shotgun a full monster, you might just like go into cardiac arrest on the fucking pod, which we don't need. We don't so, need yeah, that. A at lot all. of silence after that felt yeah. real weird. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so you you just got done directing a music video with our boy. He we just hung up with. Yeah, fingers with the bros. Fingers with the bros, with the bros dude. dude. Let's go. Yeah. Due dates over so, due dates, man. All day. Yeah, we just wrapped it. It was a crazy project. I mean, Sam and I keep joking. It was a like three and a half minute song. Somehow got to like an eight and a half minute music video. Yeah. It was pretty much a short film. Honestly, I mean, we had a dance scene, a whole fight sequence interrogate some acting in there with uh nate narell i texted nate i was like he's great i was like damn i didn't know you could fight like that nate and then i was like damn they kind of did you dirty at the end yeah i I low-key i was kind of cheering for the bad guys because they're all like i'm boys with all this i was like oh dang 
should have rewrote the script at the last time. <laughs> yeah. Sam's like, what happened yeah, here? Yeah, 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 you're yeah. Directing, like, no, you win over him, for sure. <laughs> no, it's cool, though. We had, like, uh, the whole cast and crew was just, like, friends, honestly, who just happened to be super talented. And I'm fortunate to have that community of people around me that I can bring in and uh, make something awesome like that for a paid sponsor. It's crazy. Like, yeah. what is what is our what are our lives, you know? So. And it looks like a movie. Like, it looks awesome dude like really really cool i saw it like i probably was the first one to see it i'm not gonna lie i think i saw a story and i was instantly like youtube like how do i find this thing i found it. it's so good like it really is you think you watched it before i think i, was I think i watched I was, it before you guys i think i was the second comment on the whole really? i was gonna say i i was waiting for your first comment like, I, I think i <laughs> yeah. did comment on something maybe it was a story reply mm. to sam maybe so that's not really remember. public i, yeah. I texted yeah, yeah. sam oh personally uh, i should have texted you yeah should have snapchat dm me how many uh, music videos have you directed for Sam? Oh man, um, I think this is my fourth. So the first one was Take the Shot and that was how I kind of started building the friendship with Sam. I mean, I met him initially in February of 2020, like right when I moved here uh, from Ohio and just at a film festival that he throws for his birthday every year. Met him for like 10 seconds and just enjoyed the festival, was still kind of feeling out the community and the vibe out here feeling out sam see if i wanted to yeah i was like this guy yeah, yeah i mean honestly i was i was just like excited to be here and yeah i was blown away by how friendly and um inviting everyone was while also being extremely talented but uh he was looking for a producer for take the shot and at the time it was like his biggest branded project uh like he he was under under wraps and he uh posted on a story and i saw it and just was like hey man like I'm super interested. I've been doing some producing here and there, creative producing. Uh, and then he reached out to me, he had a couple of good recs from mutual friends. And after we talked for a little bit, he uh, wanted me to co-direct it with him just because he saw the creative energy and excitement and everything. So I ended up directing, take the shot. And then it was just such a great experience. I mean, right from there, we just clicked so much. Like he's he's funny dude. I would say I'm subjectively pretty funny. And then also, <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, uh, from there we did like shoots on Nikon, which was a really fun uh, viral piece that we did. And then uh, Stay Creamy was great. We did, yeah, I think after that, Beggars of My Bros is our fourth, I feel like I'm missing one, but yeah, that's our fourth one. And we wanted to go above and beyond on that. I think, you know, we it had the blast. Shines so. through, it feels like, it feels like a big budget little thing. You know, not little thing, I mean, big thing. It's fucking dope. So when Sam comes to you with, with this idea, did he, did he have it fleshed out or was it just like the bare bones of a baby? Yeah, so I mean, Sam is incredibly creative and him and I have a great working relationship. We just both can bounce ideas off of each other so well. And it helps that we have similar tastes and, and senses of humor. But for Bangers With My Bros, he had a couple ideas and, and you know, I had a few already. I listened to the song, you know, dozens of times in my car just to like really flesh out some ideas and how does the song make me feel? Like what are some funny jokes and bits in there? Uh, and we had a, a couple really solid writing sessions where we would dive into the creative and I would pull inspo from all sorts of different mediums. I mean, like the fight scene was heavily inspired from like uh, the Green Hornet, which is like a fun, super corny favorite movie of mine. And then like, uh, obviously Barbie was pretty fresh. So a lot of the funny, like oh, I'm hanging out with the bros was like him and the coat at the dance scene. And then the whole fight scene as well is also heavily inspired from Barbie, uh, which is ironic, but, uh, and, I mean, we just, it was a lot of collaboration, but he did give me on Bangers With My Bros. I, I was asking him if, because usually it was a co-director relationship, but he just didn't have a ton flushed out and he wanted to give me a really exciting opportunity to uh, fully direct this, which was awesome. I mean, for him to trust me with that and for it to be like one of his biggest projects today, it was really awesome. So just dove into that and 
uh, I produce it as well. So I was pulling the logistics while also directing. Typically, I like to direct solely so I can focus in on that. But but it was a big project. It was it was a good time, like such a journey for sure. How long did it take you guys to shoot? Um, so actual shooting was two days. So it was like a Friday, Saturday. And uh, the first day was like the dance. It was pretty much shot in chronological order. So day one was the dance scene and the studio and the green screen bits. And then day two was the fight scene and the interrogation and the rescue. And I guess technically two and a half because we had like a half-ish day where we did like the intro and the outro, like ad read. And, and then he actually shot the very last scene where he's burying his dead body, spoiler alert, in uh, Iceland. He like did a trip out there. Oh, so when he's like dragging himself and buries himself and like throws up and everything. So, <laughs> yeah. so for people who don't, exactly know what a director does because they might think that they just show up on set and are telling people what to do how to act but you're talking about how you had a hand in like the full creative so can you kind of explain to our listeners of like what exactly a director does and is it the same kind of project to project yeah um well they say uh they're the two most inexperienced people on set are usually the pa and the director uh i usually say that to lighten the mood so that people can take me a little less seriously and just enjoy their time on set but uh but yeah a director is is you know you're steering the ship for the creative and you're the head storyteller i mean you are keeping the vision aligned with the logistical like execution of the project with the crew you're making sure that the talent and actors are performing uh in an aligned performance with the script and making sure that their performances align with whatever vision that the client has and that the producer and that you as a director have as well and just making sure that everything is aligned and uh moving in the correct direction for that final uh product so yeah i mean you're definitely like the leader on set i mean you have plenty of support from your dp and your first ad and producer production coordinator and so many other crew members that come together to make this huge machine work but uh, you know, I always try to just serve my crew as much as I can and, and make sure as a director that uh, I am like elevating the standard of how everyone carries themselves, making sure that we're all excited to get the project moving and just keep having fun while also staying focused. So. How do you do that with all your buddies? Yeah, yeah. Is that hard? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You're, you're working with all fr people that you've lived with, people that are, you know, super good friends of yours. And I'm sure that when you get around, like, I mean, we're always laughing all the time, but like, how, how do you get people centered and be like, yo, hey, we got to fucking shoot this scene, dude. <laughs> right. We're running out of daylight, boys. And uh, girls. That's your friend right now. Yeah, dog. Night, Brad, I'm director Dylan right yeah. now. <laughs> director <you> know. Dylan. <laughs> yeah. No, it's funny you say that. Um, uh, at, back at King Studio with Zach, we had this whole joke where, I have like two, I have an alter ego. Like there's this goofy silly Dylan and then they literally call it director Dylan. Nice. Where I like, and literally, I literally dress bit like nicer and like I'm just zoned in and totally like they were saying I, you wouldn't even recognize me, but it's just me being more focused and professional and like, hey guys, like we're, we have a mission to do. And um, I think it's a little bit of two factors. I think one on those bigger projects, making sure I have a good first AD who can kind of play the the bad cop every now and then. Uh, that I can trust. Like, I mean, Hudson Hopper was the first AD on uh, Bangers with My Bros. And we've done a couple other, you know, commercials and campaigns together. And he's fantastic. But love working with him because he's a fun dude and also friends with a lot of these guys. But he knows how to turn on as well and just be like, all right, hey, let's let's move it. And I think the other aspect is just I'm very particular with who I bring on to my crew. And even though, you know, I'm boys with everybody, like I in those working environments, I need to make sure that I have people who are also going to elevate me and push me to be a better filmmaker and also stay focused on on the project and 
know when to be professional, you know, and stay focused. So I'm begging with my bros, like we, we were all having fun and stuff. That's such funny title to say right. like, on the sponsored project bangers with my brothers it was nice because the whole team was just so focused in I mean, we were just having a good time but no one was off messing around and even you know in terms of like taking behind the scenes content like you know we all know to just focus and get off your phone like we got to shoot this fight scene and stuff so Hell yeah. Did yeah. you know, like, have you directed a lot of fight scenes before? That that was the part that blew me away. I was like, man, this is like legit, you know, like choreography and shit. <laughs> Nate looked like he was getting punched in the face. Yeah, he looked like he was taking some. They he, exchanged some blows. Yeah, I mean, he really he really bought into the, your vision. I am not liable, but he may have taken one hit that was in the final cut, actually. he uh, The final elbow from Sam when he spins. Mm hit Nate in the face and he stayed in character. Nice. And That's you know, some DiCaprio yeah, shit. Dude. Right straight there, up, dude. dude. He kept it going. And then, you know, me as a director, I'm like, okay, we have to use that so I can say this on the podcast and be like, oh, use the tape. Yeah, right. <laughs> Nate's like in the ER. Yeah, yeah he's like has a fake tooth now. Right? No, he took it like a champ. I mean, I mean, love working with him and he's got plenty of awesome acting experience prior. But um, yeah, the fight scene was, was of course what I was looking forward to most. I mean, I love the classic uh, like I want to be a future film director. And uh, so that totally gravitated my interest the most out of all the scenes. But uh, a lot of that was, there, there was a decent amount of prep that went into it. I mean, I knew the layout and I knew like the type of camera motion and framing I wanted to kind of hide those imperfections. But for this project, I mean, cause I have done some choreography before for like some short passion projects to practice that were more dialed. Like I, I DP'd a, a short way back that had like the uh, the stunt double for Black Panther on it. And we had a ton of choreography with that and working very hands-on with the the stunt double, but, or stunt coordinator. But um, for this one. Dude, I was, I'm on, dude, all dude, all actually, the phone actually thing. insane. That, oh my God, Sam, it's Sam. Sam. Is it actually Sam? No, it's my sister. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, Sam, I'm on the podcast. That would have been a good save. <laughs> Sam's like, put Dylan on the phone right now. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, Dylan, so you said that there was a few things with the camera that you were like, oh, I, I knew this from directing other other fight scenes. What, how do you hide imperfections in a fight scene? Yeah. In case I might, you know, I might have to direct some people to do that. Or <laughs> fight some people. Yeah, or either way. I'm really good at that too. Right. Yeah, so I mean, honestly, like I'm just gonna come clean. The main inspo for that fight scene was the uh, final battle in uh, Dark Knight Rises when like all the cops are rushing out to fight all the like uh, oh. escape prisoners and then Bane pulls up with Batman and they're like, oh, let's let's run it, like this is it. And uh, when you watch that movie scene, it's so it feels like the final boss fight in a video game. But when you look closely, like uh, you can kind of see that, like the choreography of all the extras is pretty like simple. Like they're just kind of going at it and you can kind of tell they're just whatever looks best and having fun with it. And the, the main choreography is between Batman and, and Bane obviously, but so, for this shoot that we did, uh, the, the main approach was Sam and Nate had a very focused in choreography that we practiced over and over. But everyone else, we had them partner up with, because it was, it was like uh, even it was like six feet or five v five, and we just had everyone buddy up and practice their own fight choreography. I mean, that was a huge benefit of having you know a bunch of friends of mine who I trust, who are also creative and just there to have a good time. I mean, like Gabriel Biano and Alex Romo were two of the uh, fighters in the background and. 
their choreography i mean i like gabe did like a sw- sweep kick and then picked up romo and romo like flies in the air and stuff and i was like I was gonna oh, say yeah. that, that's like a little bit of a mismatch Gabe's yeah. definitely a yeah i know romo romo. clap game right? no, I'm <laughs> no i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding but yeah i mean like it was really just us it was a huge collaboration like everyone in the background was just uh doing their own thing and i would block them based on the camera composition for certain shots i wanted coverage where you would fill in certain edges of the frame where you'd see plenty of motion so it looks like everyone's roughing it up in the background but uh sam and nate were the main focus and i was really just focusing on them because at the end of the day there's so much happening and we're on a tight schedule that you have to kind of you know focus on what's really important and kill your darlings so you guys were kind of having some fight club huh before actually filming oh straight up yeah <laughs> we're like don't tell anybody yeah. don't talk about it dog don't talk you, about it you yeah. mentioned the dark knight pulling inspo from there like where do you get your inspiration from as a director and i guess when you're going into new projects like maybe if you don't have something in mind like how do you find that inspiration or are you just going off of a blank slate yeah um for me i mean i always try to pull from my personal experiences and uh like for example when sam and i were diving into the creative for bangers with my bros a lot of it was just us telling each other like funny stories and jokes and personal experiences and our favorite videos that just got us excited uh i know i talked to you guys or sent earlier that uh one of my favorite quotes is the most personal is the most creative from uh martin scorsese and i think that's so true i mean original content is just things that have never been done before. And what's more original than your own personal experiences that no one else has ever gone through. So for me, I'm really always trying to pull from my personal life and uh, challenges that I've faced or life lessons and just you know emotions that I felt that were impactful and seeing how can I share those emotions and experiences in a different way cinematically with like an audience. So personal experiences, I mean, some of my favorite filmmakers, I love to pull from like Spielberg and uh, Edgar Wright and you know George Lucas, uh, Nolan. And then uh, a lot of my friends too. I mean, like like Matt Como and Mitchell Mullins have always been like awesome, you know, you know, role models for me and good friends as well. Uh, and you know, my parents and you know, occasional book or museum visit or whatever. But I just try to pull from everything. You know, I, there's so much out there with music and in life in general. Like, just it's a gold mine. You know, the quote you said by Scorsese, you put in your caption when you posted about the video. Yeah. And I wanted to kind of go through them because you brought up some great points and I wanted you to kind of like elaborate on them if you could. So the first one was bring the energy even when the energy isn't there. Can you expand on that? Yeah, totally. So bring the energy even when the energy isn't there. So as a director, I mean, like I said earlier, you, you should be able or just as a leader or as, uh, you know, as you strive to be the best version of yourself, you want to make sure that when you step into where whatever room or situation you're in, that you're elevating that room or helping uh, the people who are there in that situation hold themselves to a higher standard. Uh, that's just something that I've always tried to live by. And uh, when it comes to bringing the energy, I mean, as a director, people are relying on you to lead the ship and the, you know, make sure that everything goes as planned and that they have someone that they can rely on when they don't know the answer to every question. Uh, and you know, even if I'm not, if, if I'm tired or if I'm not sure where to do next or where to go next or what to do next, having that confidence and that energy just gives everyone else the confidence to help me. Uh, collaborate on this project and keep the ball rolling. So I think bringing that energy is so important. I mean, the charisma and the excitement can go such a long way to, you know, help everyone around you uh, feel that energy and, and run with it. 
How does so. how does a director kind of prepare for the shoot? Because like you know what you got sports people, you're watching your playbook, you're lo- <laughs> yeah. you know you're looking at all that stuff. Dude, they're they're running Fight Club in yeah, the fucking right. living room. Yep. No, yeah, but how how do you prepare? <laughs> yeah. Fight Club. Do you, no. fight, yeah. How do you, how do you <laughs> one handed cracks in Fight Club? <laughs> yeah, I just hit my chest a few times. Yeah. And that, yeah. How do you prepare for for these shoots? So you come out and you guys have like the best possible day. I always have a little routine that I do before like my larger projects. I mean with bangers with my bros or even with uh, like the Cerave campaigns I've done, I always would remind myself, at least on the drive to set, like, all right, we're doing it. People are relying on you. You gotta bring the energy, like I'm saying, bring the 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 charisma, the character, and you know, make sure that the people you're relying or that are relying on you, that believe in you, like that they were right to do so. So I mean I, I listen to like a, I have a playlist I listen to that I'll throw on to hype myself up. Like one of my favorites is uh, uh, the Spider-Verse soundtrack just gets me so amped. But, uh, <laughs> and I just like visualize like the success and visualize myself performing and uh, just having like a perfect day, you know? Cause your thoughts are so powerful. It's so easy to get wrapped up in a train of thought where oh, what what's gonna go wrong? Like, what if this happens? You know, you need to be focusing on like, this is gonna go exactly as planned. This is how I'm gonna execute it. This is how like the whole team is gonna help you bring that vision to life. And you know, really, those thoughts will become your actions, and the actions will become your results. It'll bleed into everything that you do. Totally. Yeah. Any David Goggins on the way to? to yeah, <laughs> I do. I love Goggins. Bro. Are you kidding? Me? I think I think the energy quote is, is from Goggins. Actually, I'm not even gonna lie. They don't know me, son. <laughs> Gonna carry the logs. Dude, Who's I do, carrying the boats? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do think the playlist. It's so sad. like I have this one song that I know all the words to, so that I know that if I fucking rap them loud, like in my car, that my mouth's already moving, you know, so I don't like freeze up. Because sometimes yeah. I'm like nervous. I'm like, what if I get there and I just don't say fucking anything? <laughs> but you know, if you're like saying all the words a lot, then you're like, my mouth's going. <laughs> What's the song? It's like you wouldn't even know it. It's, just it's, it's the intro to a mixtape by this guy named Luke Christopher from like 2012. But, but you, but you I know, know it all. all the fucking words. That's what Go. I'm talking about. It's a good song. One day I'd love to perform yeah. that. Yeah, one day. For you. <laughs> yeah. But I love that. I love that you have a playlist. I was literally going to ask you that. My question is like, do you have? How do you feel comfortable with giving people like acting tips or acting notes? Do you did you act when you were younger, or do you just like kind of know exactly what you want out of an actor, or like how do you find that? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't have too much acting experience. I was in theater in like middle school and in high school a little bit uh, just to learn and for that purpose to try and, you know, gain knowledge on acting to be a better director. But uh, for me, I think, and I mentioned in my Instagram post too, uh, appreciate you reading it, but- uh, uh, Did our research. One of of the quotes was, uh, or takeaways from that project especially was having a clear, vision of like your project. I mean, if you don't have that clear vision, it's gonna be hard for you to make those decisions that would otherwise be very stressful situations where you might fumble or look to someone else who isn't gonna have the answer or who's relying on you to have that answer. So uh, I think when it comes to talking to actors and, and truly directing, just having that very, very clear and confident vision on what exactly I want. And that's just a result of the prep time and really paying or giving the attention that the project deserves. Uh, having that vision allowed me to, you know, talk to Nate about exactly the execution I wanted for his uh, interrogation scene or how I wanted Dave, our cinematographer, Dave Cortez, our cinematographer to uh, maneuver the camera through the fight scene. I mean, because if I didn't already have that vision and wasn't walking onto set knowing exactly how I wanted this whole video to look, then it's just going to be a lot of time wasted of me being like, "Oh, uh, oh, I don't know, guys. And then, you know, now I look like, 
I don't know what I'm doing. Now and you look like totally. the guy who has the least amount of experience. Right. Yeah, now the joke is not a joke anymore. So, but yeah, I think just having that confidence is Hell so yeah. key, you know, and just and just walking tall and having that that clear vision. So, yeah, don't I know about walking tall? Some of you guys <laughs> wouldn't know about. You're uh, struggling to walk though right now. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I don't want to get into it. I felt tall. Too soon. Too soon. Yeah. tall. I really appreciate how you named Dave's full name and you put in your Instagram like you. You, uh, you credit everybody. Can you talk about how important that is to like, if you work on a project to give proper credit or like why it is you go out of your way to do so? Oh, absolutely. I mean, Dave Cortez, especially, uh, he actually was one of the first people I met out here in Los Angeles. And uh, he would bring me onto sets to, to just like first AC for him. And I was just doing it for like a buddy rate or for free even just to learn. But he was bringing me on to the coolest stuff. I mean, we did a marshmallow music video back in 2018 when I was a college intern out here. Uh, and he was always so kind and like willing to answer any questions or grab coffee. And now it's crazy. I mean, now he's down to, I mean, I remember when he asked to DP a project for me that I was directing. And I was like, oh, I'd be honored. Are you kidding me? Like, so, and he was very excited to see like the growth I'd gone through. So having him on Bangers of My Bros was an awesome, like full circle moment for me. And for him to bring that to life meant a ton. But everyone on the team, I, you know, I look up to and I, I see so much like passion and excitement for them to be there and to be a part of that project. And, you know, I, you know, the, the director does get a lot of credit, but that project wouldn't have been possible without that entire community of people bringing it to life. And I say community instead of crew, just because at, like it, it's such, it was such a journey and you have to really enjoy the people that you're working with to, uh, you know, have that exciting dynamic on and offset. So, I mean, yeah, Dave Cortez was, was killer, Hudson Hopper, first AD. And I even captioned on the post, I mean, Bjorn Rupin uh, was a killer PA on set. I mean, crushed it. And, you know, most people look at the production assistant role as just something like, oh, anyone can do it. But having someone reliable with a great work ethic is so key. I mean, so many things can, so many fires can be put out quickly and so much can move faster when you have a strong production team all the way down to you know the production assistant or whatever like it's it's so key everyone matters everyone is an important piece to the puzzle i love that and i think directing right is like all about making choices and so were there a few on this that you that you maybe were like yeah we could have gone back and changed this or were there a few that you're like oh i loved this specific decision that i made but we could have went this way but i really enjoyed where it ended up i mean one of the biggest changes that we did was the interrogation scene location was originally gonna be in the same room as the fight scene, but last second at our shooting location, uh, the, the location owner was like, hey, we have this whole another room off to the side for just this, you know, an additional raid, of course. Do you wanna shoot here? Classic. Right. Yeah, we're like, all right, so you got, you got us. But it was, I mean, it was already a set deck and such an epic spot. You like the spotlight coming through to hit Sam while he's being interrogated is perfect. And uh, I remember Sam was looking at me like, should we do it? Like in that moment, you know, you can't like, you just can't waste time arguing or debating like, oh, we should do, cause you know, 20 minutes go by, that could have been like setting up for lights. So I was, I looked at Dave and was decisive and was like, this is it. This is the perfect spot for our interrogation. Let's talk budget really quick. And uh, you know, we pivoted quick. I mean, luckily that wasn't a drastic compromise. If anything, it really elevated the production value cause it was an entirely new location. But uh, I think small things like, just pivoting on the fight scene or the dance number like a lot of that was just collaboration on the day just coordinating exactly what we wanted uh to make up for lost prep time because it was a very short turnaround like once we got creative locked it was almost pretty much game time to shoot so wow. 
Yeah. So, I mean, but like any of those decisions that are in the moment, like, oh, this effect isn't working or, oh, like this person can only shoot for two hours, but we actually needed them for half the day, but we need this other person. So their schedules are flying everywhere. Like having that confidence and, and relying on your team, like having Hudson as a reliable first AD um, or having Dave as a reliable DP who knows like, oh, this setup would make more sense here and there. And for all of us to collaborate, it just eases my mind and allows me to focus more on directing solely. And were yeah. these all friends that you made out like once you were out here? Cause like you came out to LA in 2000, oh, 2020, 2020. Yeah. 2020. Okay. 2020, and yeah. so did you February did you, of February, February from Columbus, Ohio. February, I knew it was <laughs> yeah, Columbus, Ohio. The research, bro. It's 26. February 8th. Yeah. Um, yeah. At 12.03 p.m. Six, four and a half. <laughs> yeah, 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 you five. are tall. He's yeah, not that tall. tall. He's taller than me. Six, four, yeah, yeah, I do have a size 14 shoe. That's crazy. Oh. How tall oh. are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, six, three on a good day. Oh, no way. I thought he was yeah, taller yeah. than me. I just want to see the limp. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm like sneaky. My friends say I'm sneaky tall. I like have the slouch. You know. I'm the fucking yeah. same. I think I have short guy energy in a tall guy body. <laughs> what? Because I'm like excitable. I get like really going. You know, I move quick. Most tall guys are just kind of like cool and you know, kind of vibe. <laughs> kind of lanky. I'm kind of like, eh, you know. Uh -huh. yeah. um, so I got short guy energy. So yeah. people on Zooms never think I'm tall, and then they're confused. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm six one offset, and then six three when I'm onset. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. On hinge, yeah, yeah. Six yeah, hinge, yeah, no, no. You had an edge <laughs> on Raya. No, yeah, don't lie. Just trying to flex. No, <laughs> just trying to flex. <laughs> no dating apps. No dating apps. Get out of here. <laughs> wait, wait but, Dylan. So did you did you know all these guys when you came out? Because I know I know a lot of them are from the Midwest that are in this in this group that like your buddies with. But did you have a couple people when you came out here? Or was it pretty much just like I'm just gonna figure it out in LA? Yeah, so when I moved here, uh, I just full sent it. I didn't know anybody. I didn't have a job set up. I uh, was had just graduated from UNC Wilmington studying film and uh, was working on a couple TV shows and, and a feature film here and there, just as a camera PA to learn and network as much as I could, uh, being like a fresh college grad in Ohio. But I knew I wanted to get out to Los Angeles, but I just, I was in a weird spot in my life. like kind of having an identity crisis, wasn't really like driven or didn't have a clear path, you know? And I was also in like a kind of a dark space, like toxic relationship at the time and with myself as well and with this girl and everything. So, um, but I knew I needed to get out there. I could just feel this like calling or my intuition was like, you need to get to LA. Um, and I remember I was in Miami, Florida uh, in like January of 2020 and uh, just losing my mind. I was visiting this girl that I was dating at the time. Shouldn't have been there. I was just wasting it. And uh, was I threw in a podcast just to ease my sanity a little bit and listen to one of my favorite filmmakers at the time, who was actually Matt Como. He's being featured on a, another podcast. And uh, the the host was like, "Hey, do you have any advice that you would want the viewers to hear?" And of course, I'm like, "All right, turn it up a little bit." I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm like "Please, <laughs> give me something." <laughs> give me something. I, I mean, it's just like whatever. And um. Uh, he goes, hey, I don't really believe in going out and finding yourself. Like you go out and you create yourself. Like you're not gonna find anything. No one's gonna come save you. Like you have to be the one to create the opportunities for yourself to grow and become the person that you like are supposed to be, that you are like destined or striving to become. Um, and you know, I literally, it was like a movie scene. I paused the podcast and I was, you know, standing in this Miami apartment by myself and thought like, this is my life. Like all these people, like fam my family and friends, they love me and they support me, but 
at the end of the day, like it's it all comes down to me and my relationship with myself and what actions I'm gonna take to like make this change in my life. Like I remember even telling my mom, like I, like I don't like uh, like I'm not happy. I'm not. I, I don't like where I'm going with my life right now. I, I just I just like I hate my life. Like I, you know, this isn't a woe is me story or anything. I have a great family and stuff, but I just felt so lost, and uh, I took action. So I. I typed up a little copy paste message of like, Hey, do you have anyone I could move in with? Like any friends who are looking for roommates in the next six to 12 months or anywhere I can look and sent it off to like, like 20, 30 people on Instagram. Most of them didn't even follow me back uh, at the time in Los Angeles and Atlanta and New York and uh, Florida, anywhere that there is some sort of film industry. And, you know, I sent it off. I was like, all right, let's see what happens. Set my phone down. Uh, and as soon as I set my phone down, it, it pings. And I was like, okay, pick it up. And this uh, young filmmaker who I looked up to for quite a while, we DM'd a little bit back and forth. And I loved his work. Uh, his name was Mitchell Mullins. He hit me up immediately and went, hey man, you just messaged me at the perfect time. Uh, we were about to sign a two bedroom lease, but we want a third. Do you want to move in with us? Wow. Like within like a like 30 second span. <laughs> and I'm just like, goosebumps. yeah, dude, I'm just like, yes. Like, I'm, yes, absolutely. Like whatever you need, yes. And a month later, I'm now in Los Angeles living with Mitchell. I've, I've broken up with the girlfriend uh, and I'm in Matt Como's apartment, like kicking it with them and like celebrating Mitchell's birthday and, and meeting this guy who doesn't even know the impact he had on my life. And at that moment, I was just like, anything's possible. Like if you just believe in yourself and like bet on yourself and just take the action that you know you deserve and like, nurture that relationship and get after it. Like any, anything is possible that you, you like dream of or, or want to get after. Like any of our dreams can come true if you just have like the courage to pursue them, you know? So uh, just crazy journey. There's so many other instances where my journey out here is just, it's all, it's almost been like a divine intervention of being in the right place at the right time with the right attitude. Hell yeah. Now, when, when you were in this dark place and you're dating this girl, right? And you're like, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to do this, what I'm doing right now in life. I'm sure a bunch of people have gone through a similar thing as you and might currently be in a situation that maybe isn't great for them. They might hate their job, may hate their spouse, significant other. <laughs> what advice do you have to them um, that where you were in that place that you told yourself to get you out of it? Because I know Matt saying this thing, like that sparked the, the initial like domino effect that ended up bringing you out here and whatnot. Yeah. But what were those conversations like maybe internally and with, did you have them with friends or family or were you more like closed off and just dealing with it with yourself? Yeah. I mean, I, I luckily have a, a great circle of friends and family around me who I can talk to and seek wisdom and insight from, from their own life experiences. But uh, for me at that season of my life, it was just a matter of gaining that self-respect for myself. Uh, you know, within throughout college, I had some great experiences like creating films and projects, but you know, I had, I had, you know, failed here and there without, you know, didn't finish this future film project or didn't finish this other project and people were relying on me. And it definitely took a hit to the confidence. And, you know, we all go through these challenges and adversities where we fail or we let someone down. Uh, but you, you just can't define yourself by those, those low points, you have to just move past them or at least look at it in the most optimistic way you can and be like, what can I learn from this? Like, what can I do to move on and like stay focused so that I can not let down the people who care about me again or, or you know. So, I mean, for me, uh, I remember everyone was just telling me what I needed to hear. 
uh, and I, you know, I, I just, it just didn't matter because it, it comes down to what you decide to do. And I think a lot of the times in, in my life and maybe other people relate to this, but I usually know what I need to do. It's just a matter of working up the courage to just take action on it and like rip that bandit off. So whether it's like leaving a job or, or a relationship or a city, um, or just like a lifestyle, uh, you just have to take that leap of faith because that's the only way to grow. That's the only way to learn is just, is like that baptism by mm-hmm. fire. I mean, I mentioned earlier that I love listening to the Spider-Verse soundtrack to like amp myself up uh, as a director. But I mean, not even just cause I love Spider-Man, but that like the Spider-Verse film is specifically the first one. One of my favorite scenes is when Miles Morales, spoiler alert, is uh, <laughs> he's up, he's become, about to become Spider-Man. Like he has the whole film, he's been struggling with his confidence, his identity. He's like, I'm not Spider-Man. Like I can't, I can't do this. I'm Spider-Man's like up here. Are you kidding me? Like I can't be Spider-Man. I can't be a film director. Like that's not who I am. And when people are relying on him to like come save the day or whatever, uh, he, you know, puts on the suit and the mask, and he's finally up on the side of that skyscraper. If you guys know what scene I'm talking about, the famous one where he mm. jumps and like goes down upside down. But as he's hanging out of the glass, he jumps off, and my that's my f- favorite scene in the whole movie because it's close up shows like the glass shattering off of his fingers. And, you know, at first glance, it's just like, oh, that's cool, like, whoa. But like the detail of that is the reason the glass shatters is because his fingers are still like Spider-Man, like clinging to the wall because he's scared, because he didn't want to let go. So when he jumped, he ripped off the glass with him because he was like afraid to make that leap. And I think for anyone who's struggling with like making that big change in their life, you're always going to be afraid. You, you might be like terrified, but like, that's the point. Like you're never going to be ready. You just have to like work up the courage to like take that leap. And I guarantee you, like once you land it, it'll be, it'll be so worth it. And you know, it gets easier with time, but actually I, I regress. It does not get easier. Cause as you make those leaps, like you're going to want to make bigger and bigger jumps. Cause you, you kind of, you gain that confidence, you know, and you gain that self-respect to just start sprinting in life. Yeah, that's great. Have you had a chance to tell Matt Como about that? <laughs> yeah. uh, I did briefly a while back because uh, I just don't want to make it weird. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just, like, well, he's an avid listener of the podcast. I'm, oh, kidding, I'm, kidding, yeah. I'm, kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm like, dude, you changed my life. Because like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like all about like be, be, a, be a friend, not a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Matt's great. Like Matt's a great dude. We have a ton of mutual friends. We've hung out here and there and stuff. Um, but... I told him, I gave him like a spark note version a while back, but you know, regardless, he's made an awesome impact on me and I'm going to keep getting after it to like honor that and honor everybody who's ever believed in me. Did you think that when you were in Ohio, right, you want to make the move, want to get out to LA or any of these major film cities, did, do you think that you needed to do it now? Like looking back on it now, like I know obviously LA is popping. There's so many kids though that are in Ohio, in Kansas, wherever. Do you think they need to make the move to make it? Um, as a director or as a filmmaker? See, that's a very loaded question Mm because I've thought about that. Like, Mm -hmm. do you need to go to another city to like, you know, jump the gun, like make it happen? But I mean, for me, I just, I really wanted to come to LA. My main reason was I want to direct and I feel like uh, most of the mentorship and opportunity to become a, a director is in New York and Los Angeles. And I could be completely wrong, but I mean, it's, it's been pretty great so far. Um, so that was my main draw. And I also just, I honestly just had this like intuition to come here. I mean, you mentioned that I didn't really 
like had I had I met these guys prior and I, I didn't know anybody. And uh, I feel like that was just kind of part of my purpose to come here and, and create those friendships. Like even if I don't make any movies or anything, like at least I was able to impact some people's lives and be a good friend when they needed it or something. So uh, I think it really just comes down to your personal goals and experiences. I mean, being in LA is great though, because there's so much opportunity and you know, everyone's shooting stuff all the time. But, you know, I think being like, it, it comes down to you. It comes down to like, what actions are you going to take? I could be in Columbus, Ohio and still be making films and stuff, but it does help to be around people who are going to have a really positive influence on you. I think when I moved out here, being around Mitchell and like Arthur Para and like Keen Luong, like those guys was super impactful on like my development, like my self-development and like around Sam and everybody else. Cause I saw how they carried themselves as like professionals and like adults, whether it was filmmaking, obviously, but also, I mean, like they helped me learn how to cook more and like work out and like stay disciplined and all that. It's so bare bones basics, but like most people don't follow the basics and, and that's why we, people harp on it so much. Uh, and those basics really like do 90% of the work, honestly, just, you just got to take care of yourself and it'll solve so many of your problems in life. So I do think that you should, maybe not the city is the defining factor, but the people you surround yourself with is absolutely game changer. And maybe those people are in another city. So it's interesting you say that because I feel like a big gripe that people have with LA is like, oh, the people are so fucking fake out here. <laughs> and I'm like, you're surrounding yourself with the wrong people. Cause I like you and all those guys who you've mentioned, like I've met most of them, all an incredible group of guys. And I think it's so true. It's like all about who you surround yourself with. You can find good and bad people in any city. Totally. I mean, yeah, just any city, there's there's always going to be snakes in the grass, no matter how big or small the town is. But yeah, I mean, I've definitely dodged a couple bullets here and there, especially pre-COVID. I mean, I feel like COVID kind of smoked out a lot of those people who weren't serious about being here. Um, but yeah, dude, I just got really fortunate, honestly. And, and when I saw these people who were kind of doing their own thing, because a lot of us had graduated uh, from college or just moved here and we were all kind of drifters to an extent, uh, I saw like a really cool opportunity to start building this community or at least, you know, throw a couple of these guys in a group chat and start kicking it all the time and be like a good influence at least for each other. And, you know, maybe it'll lead to a cool paid project or something. But I mean, now I have great friends that I can just like hang out with and enjoy my life out here, like on the other side of the country away from my family. So, uh, gotta, you know, you got to have that community. I think when you have that community, like all the clout and all that, it just disappears because it doesn't matter. Like that community is just so fulfilling for like your your mind and your soul and your happiness. Yeah, totally. How far into you moving out here to LA did you start working with Zach King? Moved here a month before COVID. And in that month, I was like, okay, I need to just make as much, do as much damage as possible, like meet as many people as I can. And uh, the, the very first week, or for that first week, it was like the second day I'd, I'd been here, one of the guys who I'd been following on Instagram, who I had never met yet, Jace Hardwick, uh, I was like, hey, I uh, am in LA, what's up? And he's like, oh, you made it, okay, sick. Like, cause I would DM these guys all the time and be like, I'm gonna move, uh, <laughs> bet on it. And yeah. like, they're like, <laughs> sounds good, man. Let's link, like, and ki- let's link and build. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, oh, sick, not follow me back. And then, <laughs> but uh, uh, J- Jace was like, oh, sick, you made it. Uh, well, hey, we have this house party going on in, uh, tonight with a bunch of filmmakers and artists and influencers come through. Like, you sh- it's a great opportunity. And I was like, oh shoot, okay, I have to go, I have to, go to this thing. And uh, all my friends at the time, like some college buddies who aren't here anymore, like 
they no one wanted to go because the party was like two and a half hours away um and this is all leading up to zach king this is the the origin story but so i was just like i'm just gonna go by myself so i sent it out there where's this party it was like an oc or like past oc because uh, jason them went to biola mm-hmm. which is also where zach went so um i was just like i need and it was pre-covid so like the traffic was crazy at that it was like middle middle rush hour too but so i sent it out to uh this party by myself well actually i wasn't by myself i was with a couple other videographers from texas who i just met that day also from instagram i was just bringing all the instagram yes. homies together <laughs> come on guys yeah i just turned into like a social media meetup but <laughs> so i pull up with this crew and they're like oh how do you know these guys and i was like i don't <laughs> and they're like oh who do you know here and i was like no one <laughs> and they're like oh well, welcome what's up so i walk into this party and like jace runs up to me like with a vlog camera and like there's a bounce house and djs and like it's sponsored by kombucha or whatever and there's mm-hmm. like a roomba fight going on I, I was just like okay cool we're in this is 100 la like yeah a, a good la party you know there wasn't any crazy sh- stuff going on but um at this party i'm i'm standing outside meeting people and then suddenly this dude kicks the door open and like <sighs> like shoots his flamethrower around in there uh, and he's like yo party's inside like let's let's roll and i'm like my intuition like my I was just like, I, I feel like I need to be friends with this guy. Like, th- I, like we're gonna be good friends. Uh, and then that actually ended up being Nate Narell. Yeah, I thought. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It sounded like Nate. Yeah, yeah he's like, whoa. Like yeah, so <laughs> follow me on TikTok. <laughs> but um, so one thing, I, I, I <laughs> yo, I you should actually follow him though. He's I crazy content. It so well, dude. Yeah, yeah. They're flipping out. Yeah, the hair. Oh, yeah, the luscious locks. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, who is this like demigod, bro? Like, <laughs> just what? fire everywhere. No, yeah, Elliot influencer. I was like, this is, I'm in this, I did the right thing to come to this party. But we actually all, me and all of our homies, we call this night the pilot episode nice. because I met so many people that let Spiderweb pretty much in every project I've done in Los Angeles, like Jace Hardwick with Action Studios, or like uh, a couple other of my buddies were there who led other freelance projects. And then Nate, of course, eventually led to Zach King because uh, within that month, you know, COVID hit and we didn't know if the world was gonna end. And so I went back to Ohio and, and you know, the two weeks turned into surprise, like two and a half months. And I'm like chilling, still paying rent. And, you know, I'd been, had this crazy life change and, and went from a really dark place to like, like such a, a high. I mean, I even, I mentioned earlier that I told my mom, like, I, I just like hate my life. and. Um, oh, actually, well, I'll get to that in a second. But uh, I just knew I needed to get, to get back to LA. I had to get back. So I, I f- sent it back, hit the ground running in like early June of 2020. Um, and uh, I didn't care if I had to like fight zombies or, or like get canceled or a hazmat suit or whatever. But I am literally walking up to my apartment with my luggage and I get a, a text from Nate and I barely hung out with this dude at, at this point. And uh, I, really only at that party, and he's like, hey man, uh, got a good rec for, like, for you. Like s- some friends were saying that you're, I should reach out because uh, we're looking for someone to just do some prep and like organization at the studio for a day or two. Cause no, no one was in town or like right. working, everyone was gone. Uh, like, and he was like, hey, do you wanna come work for like a day? And I was like, oh dude, I'm so down. And it was for Zach, I, it wasn't even a shoot. And I was like, dude, I'm so down. Like I'm your guy, like let me know the details and stuff. And he's like, oh, we love the attitude. Actually we have a, a couple other things ramping up like big projects do you want to come work for like the next two weeks and i was like oh sick yeah I, absolutely so i i you know meet the team meet zach come to the studio as just a studio assistant I'm, I'm doing um like maintenance and like organization like 
just cleaning up everything, getting prepped for, uh, I think it was a David Blaine collab at, at the time. We were prepping up for that shoot. And uh, a weekend, they were like, hey, do you actually want to stick around for the whole summer? Like, we love working with you, like just as a studio assistant. Uh, and, you know, obviously I kept working and learning from Zach. It was pretty much an internship. And, you know, it was crazy summer. We worked with like Tony Hawk, David Blaine, I Justine, J like Jason Derulo. I was meeting, it was just in that year, like as if the Matt Coma thing wasn't enough. Now I'm meeting all these other celebrities and I just never even dreamed of this. And uh, uh, eventually once the summer ended, I was one of their go-to freelancers. And then Zach threw me a couple producer director projects that were branded because he knew I wanted to direct films. So uh, from there, he offered me a full-time position at like the end of 2021 and uh, started working as a branded content like producer and director for the studio. Wow. Sick, wow. Yeah. I mean, what do you think was the favorite collaboration that you got to work on with the studio? Oh, man. Um, I know that's hard. I know there's so many fun ones that are just crazy viral and whatnot, but yeah. what was what was one of them that you were like, oh, this one was just awesome. The people were great. Yeah. You know, the talent was awesome. Totally. Um, I mean, we worked with so many awesome creators and people, but I mean, for me personally, I loved, we just did a, a, a CeraV campaign uh, for that, or that starred Charlie D'Amelio, which was a great, great collaboration. She was super fun to work with. Her team was great. And uh, what stood out for me with that was Zach's ability to trust me with that project. I mean, he he had me on the forefront of, of creative development and producing and directing that. I mean, even overseeing the entire post-production process for this campaign. Cause I mean, at that point I'd already directed like five-ish maybe like global campaigns for CeraVe. Uh, but that, that the scale of that was just, like numbing for me. I mean, this this thing performed on like a, the biggest animated billboard in Times Square, and then like Hell yeah. some f buddies were sending me videos of it in like in like uh, the Middle East and like Asia, was like showing in other billboards and stuff that I directed. But that was just like surreal for me. But it, that was just a result of Zach trusting me and you know giving me that opportunity to, to perform after seeing me do it on smaller scales prior. But I mean, the Charlie D'Amelio thing was great, um, but. Definitely a cool experience. I mean, I, I mentioned earlier that I told my mom like I wasn't I, I wasn't happy with my life, and I remember like summer of that like that summer twenty twenty one driving home and like calling her and being like I've literally never been happier in my entire life. Like this is where I'm supposed to be, which is crazy at the time. So, but yeah, it it was just unreal how quickly your life can change when you take action like that. And with with the Zach King projects you're working on with Charlie and with Emma Chamberlain, you're working on these like awesome, awesome pieces. Um, how do you go about pulling the best out of the talent that you're working with, especially when you're working with people that are like uh, massive on social that maybe have never really people telling them they're doing anything wrong. And I'm not saying that they ever did anything wrong on right. set, but if they don't give you exactly what you want, how do you go about having that conversation? Cause obviously you're super easy to get along with, but yeah. you're dealing with sometimes people that have radical egos. Um, not saying that those people have radical right. egos, but I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that you have dealt with people like that on, and you're working with some of the biggest stars in the world. So how do you go about that? that? Also aren't actors. Also aren't actors. Yeah, a lot of them are just social. What, what are you looking at? Looking at David Blaine be like, yeah, dude, you just you could make me disappear right now. Right. So I gotta be careful yeah, with my right, words. Right, right. Like, yeah, dude, he did some crazy tricks for us in person too. I, bet, I, bet, I was like dude. holding my cross. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy, dude. But um, oh my god. like making cards disappear thin air and everything. But uh, that's so wild. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, when it when it comes to working, especially because I'm in a weird part of the industry because I want to do movies, but I'm working with a lot of the social media stars. So and and there's a cool crossover, like talking to a lot of those 
stars and creators, there is a lot of interest to try and pivot into the acting realm, which is really cool. And I'm stoked for those those, those creators to do that. But um, typically if I'm not getting what I want, I usually lean in and I'm like, hey, do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? I, I need to see this right now. No, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> but do you know how many followers I have? <laughs> Way less than you. No. Times time Square, yeah, some yeah. places in the Middle East. Have you heard of Times Square? Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I am as moisturized as it gets with the CeraVe, all right? Like, you need to. No, but uh, I think for me, especially with Charlie and Emma, it was just making them comfortable. Uh, and just like I said earlier, being a friend, not a fan, uh, and especially as a director. Like, I, I need to be professional and be someone that they can just have the ease of working with and taking notes from without seeing any ego or or lack of confidence either. So um, for me, it was just making sure that they were super comfortable on set. Like, you know, Charlie and I were just chilling and she even mentioned like, hey, I've never, this is such an awesome production, like your team. I, I haven't felt this comfortable in a long time on set, which was a huge like honor for me to hear, especially early on. So like just, I think even if it's a, if it's, it's a, if it's a star or like, just a friend of yours, like Nate on set, it's just making sure that they're comfortable. Cause when you're acting, like you are giving some sort of vulnerability. Uh, like if, if the director doesn't like that, uh, you know, it's, it's easy to take that stuff personal. I think for me, one note that I would give as a director too is, and I've gotten this before is, uh, whenever I do give those notes, like performance-based notes, I'll always walk up to the talent and just make it personal between us. Like I'm not, I'm not gonna be like yelling in front of the whole crew, like, Oh, hey, that, can you like do that? But like more energy or like better pretty, like I'm gonna, uh, you should go up to them and be like, hey, like, and be intentional with your notes. Like having that confidence of knowing exactly what you wanna say and like why and making sure that you're protecting their like vulnerability as well. So definitely making sure that they're comfortable. Take was trash. Yeah. <laughs> Dorothy, <laughs> it was, it was Who usable. hired this guy? Yeah, yeah. It was usable, let's run it back, you know? <laughs> Is there a difference between directing a music video and a commercial? Yeah, I mean like, uh, and it's interesting because the last one we did with Sam was like branded. Actually, most of them have been branded. So it's kind of a commercial like hybrid. Yeah. But um, I think with music videos, there's a lot more room for improv and just having fun on set and like, oh, let's let's try this with the camera. We have time, let's just go crazy with it, with the motion. I mean, the camera can sometimes be a, an extra character or a dancer on set, but uh, at least with my recent commercials, it's it's a lot more scripted, but I like that because I kind of I like to treat my commercial work as like prep for my first feature film and stuff to just really flush out like sticking to the script and executing effectively so that I can still have that extra space to get that improv in if I need to. But um, there's a lot more risk I think with commercial work versus music video, like at least with just financially with the budget, but. Um, not, nothing too different in terms of just like the etiquette I try to bring on the set. Did, so you also got signed recently to an agency, correct? Mundane Collective. Oh yeah. So, so Mundane is, uh, yeah, I signed with them as a roster director. Hmm. Um, I'm on a few rosters, like I'm not exclusive, but let's go. So, oh, you're not exclusive. So you can go with any, any other, any other houses yeah, I, as well. I threw them on there. It's a, uh, a, a startup in North Carolina. They do a bunch of like awesome commercial work and, and, um, nonprofit stuff too. But yeah, I'm on a few rosters like in, in North Carolina and Los Angeles. Um, and I have a manager now too, but that's like been an interesting step in my directing journey just to get on those rosters and start bidding and, and competing and, and pouring into these other like 
companies and communities to to get different levels of projects. And so when you were at Zach's, and I'm assuming now it's a little different, are you having to write all of these treatments now? And before was Zach writing them with you or did they have a designer in house who was writing all the treatments for you guys? How did that kind of work now that you're on your own, like with, with these different agencies that you're signed to? Yeah, totally. Um, How do you, and also are you a good, like, are you a good like drawer? I, I uh, you know, I used to draw all the time. I was like, oh, I'm cool. trying so to get like, back into do it. Do you like do your own storyboards and shit? I'll, I'll doodle a little bit, but I have a couple of homies who will do mm-hmm. some storyboarding and concept art. I've been really diving into uh, concept art a lot too. Just like when it comes to the, the creative writing, it can really, you know, motivate you when, when you're hitting that writer's block. But oh, yeah, yeah. I'm all about the previs. Like I, I'm a huge believer that the film is made in pre-production. Like you can't over prep. You should honestly always over prep for this kind of stuff. But um, I've always been on the forefront of like creative writing, which has been like a really awesome opportunity because I do want to write, be a writer director for my first feature and for most of my larger projects. Uh, I'm not sure how much I can say under NDA, but like at least at King Studio, I was uh, very involved with the creative. Like Zach was a great mentor and I learned so much from him, but I also was very involved with the writing process, um, especially from pretty much every project I directed. So making that pivot to freelance and uh, joining these rosters and doing my own personal projects hasn't really been much of a change. It's just more so got to kick it in the next into the next gear because now I'm like it's a lot more competitive at King Studio. The clients would, you know, just want to see what we are already offering. Like they they already believe in the value. Now I got to really compete and, and challenge my own creativity, which is great. Like that's that's the only way to get better. You know, is just to, like get yourself in that com- or outside of that comfort zone. Has it been really nice to have someone to help you with the? Uh, with the treatments that you're making slash what are you looking for in that person that's helping you with that stuff? Yeah. Uh, so, so like helping with the yeah, creative with, treatments? Exactly. Yeah. Because I mean, I don't think most people don't know how that process works. So if you could explain when they come to you with a brief, you're yeah. probably going up against five other directors that are also getting this brief too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Can you explain kind of that process? Totally. I mean, uh, it can it can come in a few different shapes and sizes. I think for the most part, the brand will come to you with a general parameter of like what they want deliverable wise. And then it's up to you as a director or the creative to, you know, build that creative vision and, and pitch like an original concept to them through that pitch deck. But there's been, I've you know, at least at King Studio and other projects where I'm being bidded for, uh, studios will come with already pre-existing creative. And it's just a matter of having that portfolio that pre-exists for them to be like, oh, Dylan is a great fit for that project. So it's been a mix mash of like working with a creative or that or working with a pre-existing creative that you can elevate. But uh, I think that treatment really is important, like diving in and, and pulling that inspo, whether it's from like your fit favorite films or, or conversations and friends or whatever medium of art and uh, pulling that all together to create a treatment that is reflective of your scripts. So yeah. And you also shot. So you have a camera. You have the red. You have a. Oh, I'm Gemini. a red. Yeah, red Gemini. Big um, Gemini guy. Yeah, big, big red guy. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, yeah, don't yeah. forget. I'm a Capricorn, but Gemini is pretty <laughs> nice. Nice, nice, nice. Wait, yeah. do you feel like, and I, and I feel a certain way about this, do you think that every director should know how to shoot? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that it's so important for anyone getting into filmmaking to just know what every department does. I think, uh, I mean, I've worked in locations. I've PA'd plenty of times and I'll still PA. Uh, like, I mean, sound, lighting, genie, catering, everything. I think, especially if you wanna be a good leader, director, producer, knowing exactly how every department works um, so you can help solve those problems or know who to delegate those problems to and communicate effectively what you're trying to do is 
absolutely going to make you a better director or just a better filmmaker in general, especially starting off when you can't have the luxury of a big crew. You know, when you're your own one man band, that is the time and the opportunity to just learn as much as possible and to put yourself through those challenges so that when you do get that crew, you, you know exactly how to lead. Mm-hmm. I think it's, yeah, it's just so important. I feel like it, it comes true. You can tell when a director like came from like painting or writing or something. It just like, it's not as like, I don't know, visual. It's a different language. Like they're talking a different like language of their crew almost. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, you can't like fucking communicate. You can kind of tell. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. <laughs> not to shit on them. But. Yeah, I know. I had, I was on a shoot. This is a minute ago, but uh, the person was wearing some fucking crazy outfit like dude. orange and stuff oh no yeah. dude like like a leotard with like leopard shit and i'm like <laughs> sunglasses inside i'm about it in the airport but not on set you know right, i'm about sunglasses right, right. in the airport yeah. not not on set i'm like how the fuck is she seeing this uh how are we looking at the monitor dude you can't even see the monitor right. not speaking at all i'm like what the ad was doing everything i'm like this is crazy this is like wild but. yeah it's crazy out in la for sure i mean i've I'm like, whenever it comes to shooting on set, I'm like, do I dress kind of homeless or do I wear a suit? Like, yeah. what's going to make me look more like a director? A little bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> like in LA, it's, that, that flies. It's either like like bougie stuff or homeless. Or <laughs> so I'll come out here though sometimes. You're about sunglasses in our apartment. It's like 10 o'clock at night. I'll come out here and Brain just like looking at his phone with his sunglasses on. <laughs> AirPods on too. He likes yeah. it dark. He just yeah. likes it dark. Yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not doing it on set though. I got to see the monitor. You got to see the monitor. You know yeah. what I mean? You can't reflect, dude. Yeah, camera. You Car ref- stuff. You always wear black. Yeah. It's kind of easier because you can't reflect. You, you know, they, so you can't let them see the panic in your eyes. No, so yeah, you're... that's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when is your first like feature? When would you like to <laughs> direct that? <laughs> Man, um, you're about manifestation, you know. Straight up, like, yeah. Put it out there right now. Yeah. So first short film, uh, we're gonna be shooting in January. Bang. Yeah. And uh, oh, that's coming up. Yeah, yeah, dude. We're we're I'm literally sweating like right now because I'm like, oh my god, I need to finish the script. But uh, first short film is gonna be shot in January, and then hopefully, or not hopefully, it will be premiering at Sam Newton's film premiere Fun. this February. Hell yeah! So come through for that. It'll be sick. Oh, Quick I want to. I want to come. Yeah, you come through. Yeah. What can you tell us? What it's about, or is that? Um, it's a uh, yeah. So it's a horror action film. Uh, pretty much the premise without revealing too much is a bunch of the homies get together and they hunt down this eldritch horror that's terrorizing their hometown and it can like steal your voice and like lure you into the darkness and stuff so it's like i think think uh like stranger things or the ritual on netflix meets like sicario or like the lost boys car is a great one yeah okay with a short film like that uh you're bringing in your buddies right i'm sure people want to make short films they're like i'm you know people want to make short films all the time they talk about it for years yeah they never do it and so how long did this process take you from coming up with the concept and obviously money is involved you have the camera though thank god you have the camera you already got the camera covered but how else are you going to bring in other you know departments you need lights you have to rent that stuff what kind of comes into play when you're making your own short film and your friends are helping you with it totally um when i moved out here initially i i definitely was still you know i I was googly eyed and whoa i'm in la but i was still strategic about okay i need to build this roster for myself who are going to be my dps who are going to be my editors who oh this guy has like a grip truck i'm going to keep his tab and like make sure like how can i offer value to them so then we can have that working relationship and down the road when i need to ask that favor or you know get them on a project like a passion project that I can pull together this full production of people that I can rely on. So for me, I think it's just keeping or very being very observant and intentional with the people that you meet along the way on your journey. 
and just seeing where those puzzle pieces can fit together to build those crews and those dream teams for those projects. Because for me, any any project that I'm crewing out, which I, I usually build the crews for all my own films and music videos and everything, I, they're always very custom made for those projects. Like the DP and the producer and everyone involved is is intentional depending on like what kind of like project I'm making, but also like the atmosphere I want to have on set. Like, is this going to be more of like, a, we're all having a good time or do we need to be like, super focused like laser pointer ready to go so um yeah just building that roster is is gonna pay off big time i mean for me i'm definitely gonna have to pull a few favors here and there but with the right investors having that like those resources to pull what i can and to pull in those people that are also excited about this project is, is gonna help me in the long run for sure i think so. what you said though about on the networking side of things is so important you're talking about people who you connected with in 2020 and now it's what about to be 2024. Check like his computer to see what yeah, year he was. Didn't, yeah. <laughs> he didn't even know. Dude. Couldn't, couldn't remember how to look at it. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. we're, we're four years, you know, into, you know, three and a half, four years, whatever, into yeah. you meeting these people. And it's about building those relationships over time to then eventually ask that favor. I feel like oftentimes you meet someone new and like maybe you'll ask the favor or like, it's just like not warranted yet. You know what I'm saying? I feel like you've done a great job of like building those relationships over the years. And then when the time comes, okay, now it is warranted to ask as opposed to kind of like shooting yourself in the foot and asking too early. Totally. And I think it's also just, it's not even like a matter of, oh, I'm like waiting to take my shot or yeah. whatever. It's more like, hey, how can I like bring value to these people? Not only as like a filmmaker, but like as a friend or with my relationship with them uh, to just build that trust in whether it's a year from now or four years from now or 10 years from now, you know, if I'm helping them them out, hopefully that friendship will be there for them to help me out, whether I ask for it or not. So, um, and just to be able to rely on them as a friend. So yeah, I mean, it takes time and you definitely don't wanna overstep, but I think you avoid the overstepping by being in it for the right reasons and being like genuine about your intentions. Yeah, and like, how can I genuinely help this person out as opposed to it being a one-sided street? Totally. How do you go about um, balancing like projects that you get paid for like commercial stuff or like this where it's like passion project like you want to be doing more of this in the future but like you're not like necessarily like making a ton of money like how do you yeah. are you doing like one for them one for me kind of thing or like how do you go about balancing that yeah i think like the uh you asked earlier how long does it take for me to you know write and create these these creative passion projects and those are definitely a, a much longer process you really got i mean for me at least i really marinate on the creative and uh pull deep from like, okay, why am I telling this story? Like what inspiration can I pull to start building this? And that takes a lot more time than like a quick turnaround of like, boom, client, here's what we want you to make. You got three weeks or a month or whatever. Um, so I think it just kind of works out in a sense of, you do need to learn to say no early on, especially as you get more successful and like get more opportunity. Saying no becomes super important. Uh, but you know, I honestly, there, I, I'm still figuring out the balance thing, I think. I think, uh, it really is just prioritizing less, like less items, but those like pouring more into those few items, you know, really just pouring more into like the the less but more essential things in your life. So for me, at least it's a short film. And then uh, ideally like one, maybe two branded projects a month and just going hundred percent on those as well. If that's, I mean, that doesn't really make sense mathematically, but you know what I mean? And uh, just, making sure that the schedule lines up. But at the end of the day, there really is no balance. I mean, I'm still young. I, I feel like this is a good time at least to, you know, not have that balance and just kind of full send it. So hell yeah. What do you think is the best piece of advice you've ever received? I mean, for me, I think 
what I said earlier with making sure you go out and create yourself rather than waiting on finding yourself. I mean, that resulted in like actual tangible results. I think it, it kind of gave me that extra push to get out into Los Angeles. And I think it is very true. I mean, everything I've done out here, whether it's moving to LA or becoming like a healthier version of myself mentally and physically or pouring into a relationship or making a project, it was just a matter of like stopping the procrastination and just being like, okay, I need to just stop talking about this and like, and like uh, dreaming about it and fantasizing about it and just like take action and do it. Like today is the day, like you just need to do it and pour 100% of yourself into creating this opportunity. So, you know, if, if anyone is gonna walk away from this podcast, definitely just make sure that you're going out and creating yourself because you can do it. Like anything is possible if you just truly get after it. I think Damn, it's, we just went full circle, dude. Yeah, well, I think it's gonna be, I wouldn't be surprised if you have some kid come up to you you know, maybe a few years down the line, be like, mm. I listened to the this podcast and like your <laughs> words helped me. And I think right. that's like the beautiful thing about having this podcast is like, you know, maybe some kid hears that and it's like, you're the reason why he takes the actionable the steps leap. to get where he wants to be. Yeah, man. I mean, that's like half the reason I got into filmmaking, honestly, is like, I, f I feel like since the beginning of time, humanity has always looked for that, like immortality, whether it was like the fountain of youth or the Holy Grail or whatever. But I think today the like true form of like immortality in a non-religious sense is, is filmmaking because you can take like an experience you had in your life or like take an emotion that someone you love made you feel and immortalize that in a scene or in a story for other people to experience when you're long gone. Um, like I would love to, you know, tell stories heavily inspired by my family and friends so that when we're all gone, like the, the way that they made me feel loved or the way that I like lived my life can live on and also like have that impact like you're talking about. I think having that impact, whether it's obviously, you know, uh, you know, millions of people like we've seen with all these influencers, like crazy outreach, but also just having that impact on one person is like you've done your job. If it's just that one kid who like needed to hear it. Yeah. So. Do you have a piece of advice that you would give to your 18 year old self if you could talk to yourself? Oh, man. That's funny because I literally had a dream a couple weeks ago where I like walked in on myself at like my 10th year Whoa. birthday. And it was like one of those dreams where it felt super real. And I like walked up and I saw my parents and like all these other kids. And I was like literally exactly what I remember. And, but no one could see me except myself in my kid version, like didn't know who I was, but I knew who he was. And I was just like, just laughing with him. And, and I was just like, dude, you're, you're going to do great. Like just enjoy your life. And I think for me, looking back like to my 18 year old self, I would tell myself, enjoy the moments with the people around you. Like everything is gonna be all right, but those relationships are like everything. Like you, you should pour into those and just appreciate the present. Cause that's like your story at the end of the day. You should like pour into your own story as well. So, and just shoot more content. I need to shoot more and like make those films. Future film, drop in in uh, 2024. Call <laughs> your shot. Call baby. it baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning into episode 87 of the 505 pod. If you're still here, please hit that subscribe button, leave us a like and we'll see you all next week. Peace. Later. Bye.